to 12 questions yay this is anna valenzuela and we are having a fabulous time here uh in california it is hot as hell and i'm very excited to introduce my co-host and mr davies hello everybody she's so excited always always i've prayed i've meditated uh -oh. i've had um vitamins Yuck. I've drank coffee. Okay. I'm I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. Yeah, all I've had is vitamin coffee. So that's all <laughs> I ever need, really. <laughs> Are you ready uh, to read our beautiful clarity statement? Sure am. Welcome to 12 Questions, where a podcast where we believe growth and recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. Our mission is to share our experiences with guests who do the same. We're not affiliated with AA, NA, or any other 12-step organization. 12 Questions has absolutely no opinion on the use of drugs or alcohol by anyone. We're simply two people that happen to be in recovery that want to give hope to anyone struggling. Although some of our guests may be clean and sober, some of them are not or choose not to divulge. The purpose of the podcast is to learn more about ourselves and others. We only hope that you can learn something about yourselves by listening. Yay! And I'm very excited for our guest today because we did a show together. We've only e-met, which is very, very, very 2021, very 2020, 2021 pandemic of us. Um, but this guest, she just blew me away and just clicked right away. And I'm very excited. Um, who are we speaking with today? Oh, me, Roz. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, guess introduce themselves. Yes, that. Oh happens. okay. <laughs> Just in it's case me. you want to be like super in like incognito. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you just want to be like ooh. Uh, no, it's me, Roz. My name is Roz Hernandez. Um, I'm also known as the drag queen Roz Dresfales. Yes, and oh, you I get it. <laughs> yes. I love that scene. It honestly kind of sounds it like me. you're saying it hit me, and I was like, "Yeah, that's great." <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're saying Ross dress for less if you're drunk. Honestly, it's just well, Ross sometimes just... my brain is still drunk after yes. nine years. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> and Ross, you are uh, also you're an incredible comedian, very fun, Thanks. very funny. You've had a very interesting quarantine, gone through a lot yes. of changes. Like, so how how are you doing right now? Like, what have you been up to? 
Oh, I'm good. Oh, is that a kitty cat? Yeah, that's Oscar. Uh, he's wouldn't be a cry. podcast if Oscar didn't scream into the microphone. <laughs> yes, he's the uh, the official mascot of this mo- uh, this podcast. He oh. too wants to cross talk. That's his whole deal. Uh, so, <laughs> um, I'm good. I it's like this weird like we're going back, and so I'm just getting used to not wearing pajamas twenty four seven. And right? you know, like I before the pandemic, I was a full-time drag queen and I really only kind of presented myself to the world as a drag queen like if I wasn't in drag and by that I I I kind of define drag as all the things you can take off at the end of the night you know so putting on all (laughs) these things like giant wigs and fake butt pads and you know like all this just like rhinestones and makeup and these aren't my real eyebrows this isn't the shape of my nose just like all this you know so much stuff and and I've learned like oh my god that is so much work I used to do it like five Mm -hmm. to seven times a week and um then when I uh, had a year of not really doing it out in the world, I've just gotten so comfortable not doing it. So the best few weeks I've been doing it again. And I'm like, damn, this is a lot of work. I can't believe I used to do this all the time. (laughs) But um, yeah, now I'm kind of doing it less than before, I think in this new world, but I'm still doing it. And it's, and it feels really, really good. I love that. I love that. We're all trying to get back out there. And I always tell um, like my joke uh, to other comics is I was like in a green room, like hair and makeup, the whole thing. And um, I've said to the makeup lady, I was like, you know, every time I learn a new comedic skill or a new writing technique, I lose a makeup application. Like I haven't been able to do eyeliner in three years. It's like once I got callbacks, eyeliner left. I was just like, that's it. Sorry. Sorry. That's that. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so but the work the work that goes into drag it's uh my 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 girl loves listening to uh the bald and the beautiful with trixie and katya and oh, yeah. to hear them talk about some of the shows like in chicago and things like sleeping on people's couches mm-hmm. or futons and it's very similar to the life of a road comic yeah there's there's definitely a lot of crossover i feel so grateful because i was in the comedy world before drag and I've always kind of existed as a drag queen doing stand-up and the quote-unquote drag stuff like as a drag queen and so um I do see a lot of similarities that um you know it's there's just so it's it's the hustle it's the grind Mm -hmm. it's the so many things yeah but you also um when you do drag you have to your expect your expectations are really high for like yeah. the way that you look and um you have the to overhead spend a lot too. of money yes. yeah you guys have a lot it's a lot of overhead it's a lot of overhead a lot of time like if it took me 4 hours to get ready for a stand up show i i yeah, just i used I would, to do that <laughs> i wouldn't do that no i, I would just to- I used to spend two hours getting into drag so I could do 10 minutes of free stand-up. Like, it's insane. <laughs> it is literally insane. But, yeah. I mean, and that's how we've gotten to where I am now, which is you know, coming to terms with my gender identity and figuring out um, what feels right for me because I love to make people laugh and I love to do to perform and to act and do all these things but 
I can't. I don't know. I'm. I, I, we can get into it. There's a. There's a lot going on there. Well, let's but, get into it. Let's get okay. into it. How do you experience surrender, Roz? How do I experience surrender? Well, you know, maybe this is a matter of logistics, but logistics. That's not the word I'm looking for. What's the word I'm looking for that means words? Um, semantics. Semantics. Yeah. Um, but like. Surrender to me, it I, I maybe it's my own baggage or something, but I, it's always like giving up, like it, like that. I hear it as that, you know, mm-hmm. like oh, I'm waving the flag, like I'm, you know, like I put throwing in the towel or something like that. So it's it's my that's my own problem. So I always, um, I always use the word acceptance uh, because I think for me that. Okay, as a queer person, like one thing that I've learned is like I've wanted acceptance from family members, I've wanted acceptance from the world. And being the person that wants acceptance, I've realized like, hey, you're not going to change me. Like the mm-hmm. this decision is made and it is set in stone. You won't change me. All I want is for you to accept that. And so when I go through life and I handle I'm handed things that I cannot change, I have to accept them. And so, I don't know, I kind of look at it that way as being something that is a person that wants to be accepted, as well as realizing that in the world, there are things you cannot alter, they are just how they are, and you just have to accept them. And it doesn't take away from you, it doesn't uh, mean you're quitting or you're, right. you're throwing in the towel. You just go, okay, that's how that is. This is how I am. And we got to coexist or I don't know. Yeah. That's living the serenity prayer. That's gorgeous. Yes. The serenity prayer. Of course. I, I love it. I love it. Um, What's Dave. been the most insane moment you've had in or out of your journey to recovery or your gender identity? What's the most insane moment you've had? And it could be insane good or insane bad. That is uh that's a tough one. I mean, God, if if I was to go through things, so I've been sober for six and a half years ish. I mean, I think next month will be the half. Oh my um, gosh! Half, ha- uh, congrats! Uh, <laughs> half a congrats! Uh, happy half a year! Half a cake! Thank you. Hey, anybody that can like make it out of this year, <laughs> right? Like the people who've gotten like who've come in during this year. I'm like, how? It's so tough. Because this I last know. year would have been in my dream. Oh, you're just gonna send me money and I don't have to go anywhere great (laughs) there's some people that have never experienced an in-person 12-step meeting which i think is is crazy to me yeah it really is god and that's that is something that i've like really there's a lot of things this past year that i've learned about myself and uh, one of them is that i need to be out i need to have a reason to shower and leave the house and (laughs) You know, like I have to, and yeah, even anything over Zoom. Like, I actually really like doing podcasts over Zoom because I love like chatting on the phone and that kind of a thing. But yes. being places with strangers, like like a meeting or performing, it's just like so much easier for me uh, 
like it's so much better for my mental health if I have if I'm forced to like go find parking someplace and you know, just do the whole thing it makes me feel like I've like done something I don't know uh but anyway so the most insane thing god there's definitely some things that are absolutely insane that I feel like I probably should just leave in the past and not bring up no from when I was drinking um but in sobriety, I feel like there's got to be good, insane things. God, what? Well, we had a we bonded over insanity um, on the show that we were on, self care comedy, um, and we uh, we talked about uh, vaping. How? Oh my god! How we both like quit vaping, but didn't feel like we were done. <laughs> And that it's, keen uh, awareness of like, I quit, but I'm not done. <laughs> that is, is to me that terrible. Yes, yes. How's that jewel life treating you right now? Are you on or off? Oh, did you stay? Did you hold? Stay the course? It's in my hand right now. Ah! I, I am so mad at myself. I, it just yeah. I mean, it crept back in. I mean, that is such a thing. It's like you have to stay on it. Um, you have to, yeah, or it gets, well, the problem is, is it's like, for me, like I, I, I do a lot of really athletic stuff. And so I start to feel like my body's in mud, so I can't really, I shouldn't do it, but there are certain people in my life that, uh, vape like chimneys. And so occasionally I'm just like, give me a hit of that. Let me have a little vape springer. That's what I call it. I call it the vape springer. Um, but I'm aware of the insanity in my, it, it, how insane it is to recognize that like I got an, I got an infection in my nose from vaping yet just my nose yet. Oh my I still occasionally will be like, Can I have a that? that's crazy. Which we're all surprised that that nose couldn't handle the vape. I mean, it's just that there's so much real estate, you know what I mean? There's so much, there's, there's so, so much, much meat. Burn. Mm-hmm. I yeah. yeah I think that probably I mean I wish I had like a good story I could think of but when it comes to insanity that really is a good a good example of just like this insane thinking that I have sometimes where I go well I'm not doing drugs and alcohol so I'm allowed sure. you know mm-hmm. that thing I have fallen into that so much the past six and a half years where I'm like, mm-hmm. I deserve this. I've been good. Well, that's never not been my MO mentally. When I was drinking, it was I deserve to drink because I either showed up on time or lost a job or lost a friendship or a relationship. It was like, if you lived inside my head, you would drink too. You know, yeah. and, and I watched my father who worked in the rail yard as a mechanic. He worked and paid all his bills, so he deserved to drink how he wanted to drink. And that's mm-hmm. how that's what I learned. So even now it's like, Oh, I had a day. I deserve to crush this Ben and Jerry's pint. You know, I like I deserve this. Yeah. Yeah. I think um yeah, I, I, I don't like to speak in blanket statements, but I think sometimes people will have an addiction and they'll they'll be like, well, that's that substance is the problem. And once I cut that out, I'm fine. And I know that what I personally have is it, it will shift from thing to thing. Of course. And um, I, sometimes I feel that people just don't acknowledge that. But I am fully like it is not just like alcohol was my main thing, mm-hmm. but 
I, you know, it, it is that same thing where it's like, I did something great time to celebrate with my yep. substance or I'm having a bad day. I should, you know, I earned it or whatever. So for me, it is just, it's like anything fun I can't do in moderation. I have to do as much as possible until I am mad at myself that I did so much. Yeah, If it makes me feel different, even mm -hmm. if it's bad, I'm going to do it because I like that control or the illusion of control that I can control the state that I'm in. Yeah. Mm. I just like, I'm a pleasure seeking missile. And I love the way that you phrase that Roz, because that is like last night we, um, the Thai restaurant sent us food that was a bit too hot and everybody else was like dizzy and everything. And I was just like, what's that like? I haven't felt that in 10 years. I miss it so much. <laughs> like, like I love, I love sensation, whatever that may be, whether it's my mouse on fire or um, I love to go to Magic Mountain and ride roller coasters at a breakneck pace. Like I love to time Ooh. it, go on a weekday, time it so I can hit all of the roller coasters in a certain amount of time and then I have to like recover afterwards just to drive my car to go home. Like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's what like vaping is for mm -hmm. me. Like I remember when I used to smoke cigarettes and people would be like, why do you smoke? And for me, it was like, it's I, fucking awesome. Yeah. First of all, it's awesome. I mean, we all know it all starts because <laughs> you want to look cool and your body rejects it. And then you just keep doing it till you can't stop. Exactly. Um, but for me, it, I used to always say with cigarettes and vaping is the same where it's like, I want something to look forward to. And then I want yes. to get that thing. Yes. And it's like, even if it's like, oh, I just want that first drink of water in the morning. Like, and then you get that Ooh. relief or like, I, oh, I have to pee really bad. And then I pee. Like, I don't know. Like, I always want like that relief, that release. Like I'm looking forward to something. Um, and then I get it. It's like, why can't I just be in the moment? And, you know. Yeah. Or even make it like trick your brain into being like, I love to chew the first drink of water in the morning. Like, oh, you thirsty bitch. You know, you want some water. Oh, totally. <laughs> you know, I was like, just what? at sounds I was... like a water porn. What the <laughs> thirsty you bitch. Thirsty you bitch. drink this H2O, you whore. <laughs> yeah, no, really. Like put it in that part of your brain and see if it see if it clicks. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. I was just at um Casita del Campo, which is like one of my favorite places in the world, but here in Silver Lake. And I ordered fajitas and I was just like, I can't wait for those fajitas to come. And then it's like, of course, you hear them sizzling and cracking and you see the smoke flying everywhere. And then I'm like, ooh, they're about to be mine. I can't wait. And it's like, just listen to your friend sitting across from you telling the story. Like, why am I right. fixated? on this thing that I'm about to get that I've been craving for a year. Yeah. Like, God, I am just so like, I just, I obsess. I love yeah. it. I, and I think honestly, from like a molecular, molecular level, like addicts and alcoholics, um, they have that response uh, internally where it's the reward based, you know, the brain synopsis that you need this to get this. And it affects how you make decisions and then you take the drugs and alcohol away, but that decision-making process still exists. And mm -hmm. I can use it for good, you know, but Roz, how do you make decisions today? How do I make decisions? Well, I'm an overthinker. I really, God, I really go through that in my head of just like, should I do this? What if this will happen? What if that will happen? Like, I, it's mm. very annoying. 
I wish I had more of just like free, like, oh, I'll just jump, leap and the net will appear, um, which I, I have done a lot in my life and it's been good at times. It's been bad at times, but I'm a big um, intuition person mm. and I don't know. Okay. You know, I, <laughs> so I have a podcast where I interview people about ghosts. Plug and- it. Oh, it's, that called, podcast. it's called ghosted by Rose Dresfeles. And I talk to celebrities and paranormal experts and everyday people about ghosts. Hell. And it's like, you know, it's a silly thing in some ways, but I'm sure I'll one day write a book about all the life lessons I've learned about from talking to people about like supernatural things, because I really actually have like learned a lot of things. And, and I talk to a lot of psychics and I talk to a lot of these paranormal professional people Mm -hmm. that we talk about like intuition and I kind of believe that everyone's a little bit psychic but also I like to just use the word intuition where um I don't know I think we all have that it's just a matter of listening to it and I've gotten myself into so much trouble over the years of being like I know I'm not supposed to do this but I kind of want to so I'm just gonna do it and now I take a minute and I listen to that voice in my head mm-hmm. or that gut feeling that says, don't do it. You know, you're not going to be happy if you do this. And, uh, and so I do my best to listen to that because from my, uh, if there's one thing I'm pretty confident, like 99% confident about, it's that my gut instinct is always right. Yeah. Me, that's, what my spon- that's what my sponsor says. She'll be like, what does your gut say? Go with your gut. Uh, I- no, I was going to agree with you. At like a certain yeah. point, we've had enough life experience where we're not 20 anymore. Well, at least I'm not 20 anymore. I'm not going to speak for you ladies, but... <laughs> spiritually i am yeah i'm spiritually twice. aesthetically i am okay yeah, i put a lot of money right. into this skin yep. all right yep. okay. I, I never moisturize so house. i look 60 mm-hmm. i'm gonna I'm, I'm leaning into the silver foxness of my life um but it's like like you were saying like you your sponsor asked you that question trust your gut yeah. you know because it's like we've been around for a decent amount of time where it's not like oh i don't have enough life experience to back up where when the red flags pop up in my head right totally well i think for me where it was a long struggle is when it comes to trauma when it comes to some of the stuff i've experienced the basis of that is convincing the convincing i was convinced at some point that my perception of reality and my ability to make decisions was um unreliable and so it took i mean upwards of 10 years to really get comfortable with decision making and even in this last year and it's interesting because our steps like the the third step is basically a big decision that's it it's a decision it's like to demystify it when i'm working with somebody i'm like let me demystify this for you it's a decision calm down you know Mm -hmm. and then you get into um you get into uh 10 11 where I've been working more in that space of like cultivating that intuition. I love what you said about intuition. And um, uh, we were, well, we we had a guest on who's uh, very like woo woo spiritual stuff. And when I first met her, she was like, I bet you could like train your third eye a little bit. And Mm -hmm. what I realized is all I, all I do is I just do like, when I do my meditation, I take five minutes afterwards to journal about 
my meditation, you know, or I, um, you know, if I have a wild dream, I just write it down, you know, and I'm just trying to understand or at least hear what my higher power is trying to tell me about my decisions in my life, you know, and to just be aware of that. Um, so I totally, yeah, I totally get that. It's like getting into that habit of like, you know, I'm intuitive. I'm this. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's awesome to know that about yourself and to celebrate it. And one second, my cat is uh, being a dick. One second. Um, <laughs> hey buddy, you can't play with that right now. Yeah, no. Stop it. Okay. Uh <laughs> yeah, I think, um, and maybe we can talk about this when we talk about higher powers. Yeah. But like one of the things I've learned from talking to people from around the world and people of different religions and all of this stuff in the context of like ghosts and that sort of a thing, it's like you kind of, I've gotten to a point for myself where I'm like, I think it's all kind of the same thing. We just call it different things. Mm -hmm. Some people will say my spirit guides or my guardian angels or, whatever um but yeah for me a lot of times i'm just like it, actually even for me sometimes it shifts so i'll be like mm, my guardian angels are telling me not to do this or i'll just say my my gut instinct is telling me not to do this or whatever whatever it is i get this feeling that is beyond just mm -hmm. me and my brain that is telling me that this is not a good thing mm -hmm. yeah yeah i totally yeah, I was just agreeing and it reminded me of a friend who, uh, his name's Ryan Singer, a very funny comedian, and he has a podcast. You might want to reach out to him. I think you two would get along. Uh, but he has a podcast called Me and Paranormal You. That's okay. very similar stuff. Uh, and Ryan is a goddamn delight. But his slogan, which I've just taken into my recovery life when I'm battling, you know, uh, how I make decisions and trying to tap into that higher power is it's more fun to believe. Yes. That's oh, yeah. Ryan Singer's tagline. It's more fun to believe. Cause yeah, it just I always is. Say that too. you can't argue that. Yeah. That's the, the, the thesis or like the premise of the book life of pie. When I, I read that, like when it came out before they made a movie of it. And there's like, there's just this one chapter where he was, they, they're asking like, how could you be a zoologist and also be a theologian? And how can you believe in evolution and, and also God? And um, the 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 main character is just like, yeah, it's it's better to believe the I want to I want to believe the better story. And it's like it's it's just more fun. But you know what's funny that. is that it's almost I can I I guess I haven't thought a ton about this until this moment, but there is kind of that going back to the addict thing of like always wanting there to be more mm -hmm. wanting to alter your state or whatever like it kind of is that for me where I'm like I think my whole life I've been like is this it this is it like this is the this is everything <laughs> this there's is gotta existence? be more there's <laughs> gotta just... be more and so I think that like believing and the paranormal and and the spiritual world and stuff too is that for me where I'm like there's gotta be more come on <laughs> I Tell me that. a story that le leads me to believe that there could be more than just what we see. Well, in in finding whatever more is requires a lot of like self honesty and 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 self reflection and um, getting to know like who you are, you know, and what's been like the most interesting thing you've discovered in that journey. Um, 
Wait, what's the most interesting thing? Say that again. Yeah, what's the most interesting thing you've discovered about yourself? Or the most surprising thing or you've surprising learned about yourself? surprising thing, yeah. Um, well, this past year has been filled with that because, again, before it was like, I don't have time to think about myself right now because I have to learn this Celine Dion song that I have to perform tomorrow. <laughs> Is it my so, heart will go on? <laughs> I've done it. Um, <laughs> well, there was a prop flute involved. Um, oh, yeah. When you're doing I, a Celine Dion song, do you also like hit your chest a lot? Because that's like no. her thing. She likes to like, like really know. get into it like King Kong. Yeah, I'm no, I'm not good at like impressions and stuff, but um, yeah, oh god, anyway. So, I um, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I, I've had all this time to reflect and be like, okay, everything has rhinestones on it, there's nothing else to put rhinestones on it, bitch. Think about yourself, like, there's <laughs> we're done, we've done it, there's no gigs, there's no reason to be distracting yourself. And so I've sat, uh, sorry, I don't know if you can hear my dog's coughing. It was a cough issue. Um, back to me. I, uh, I was, yeah. So the, the surprising thing that I've learned about myself, uh, one of the biggest, most life-changing this past year was I, I thought for years that like drag was this, um, fun way to make a buck and it's a career and it's it's mm -hmm. fun to be this other person and to be this feminine person you know being male born and I get this chance to 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 be as feminine as I want and people love it and when that was kind of taken away from me uh, from the pandemic to to be able to show that to the world in person and connect with people um it made me realize that that was actually not just a fun thing. It was a need. It was something mm -hmm. that I uh, need for my sanity. And that's actually how I want the world to see me. It's what I want to give to the world is this more feminine state. Um, I don't really like it when people call me sir or he or whatever. Um, once I discovered drag, people started calling me she or they or Roz or whatever. And I was like, okay, this feels great. I don't want this to end. And then when it did end, I'm like, okay, now what the hell do I do? And um, so that's when I've come to this conclusion of my transness and, and where I'm at with my gender now. And what I've also realized is that even in six years of recovery, I've always kind of been like, but why do I drink? And I've been like, maybe it was this <laughs> incident. Maybe it was that thing. Like, I don't know. I've done a lot of work right. and I, and I've, and I've come to conclusions in the past with sponsors or whatever, where I'm like, oh, this is it. This is the problem. We need this. This is what we need to deal with and work out in therapy or whatever. And but it was never my gender identity. And I've realized that now that that is, that is actually what so much of my problem was is mm -hmm. 
my and I'm not saying this in a way like now I figured it out so now I can drink no, it's not that at all <laughs> I'm gonna go tie uh, one on bye <laughs> <laughs> I wish but um no it's it's just this discomfort with myself I, I didn't know that there were more options yeah. than being um a, a cisgender male or female or a transgender male or female I didn't I didn't know that there were other uh, areas to exist in, in between or being neither or whatever. And until the past few years. And so I, it's been such a revelation of like, oh, this is why I hated my body my entire life. And I was never comfortable. And that's why I needed to drink to feel comfortable and mm -hmm. to present myself to the world. That's why I needed to wear giant wigs so that I could feel like I was comfortable I was hiding behind things yeah I was always hiding behind things and now in my sobriety I feel the most pure I mean I felt I've felt great the past six and a half years of sobriety but now I feel even more like oh my god I actually was like hiding the, in plain sight this whole time and now I'm just like free and yeah. so it was just like a giant revelation that that has concerned like every aspect of my life now and it's been great it's been really wonderful and i'm just exploring and continuing with it i'm not really making major uh proclamations or anything of like this is i'm a trans woman or I, i'm not really saying stuff like that at this point but i'm just like you know i'm on a journey and i'm and i'm the closest to to happiness i've ever been What's up, spiritual awakening? Hello. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that was a, a a gift of the pandemic for me. Yeah. Um, it was just I I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, a lot of folks were able to slow down, or had permission to stop. Yeah. You know, and, and reflect and get honest. You know, I mean, because when you're not running, 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 I mean, I can't. I can only speak for me, but like. I'm a workaholic among other things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times that just pushes me to the point of exhaustion where I don't really self-reflect. You get them work hangovers and all you can do is sleep and then you never have to think about it. Exactly. But I had to, I mean, during, during the, the old pandy, you know, I had to get honest with myself about where I wanted the future to go. Um, and I had to be honest with the people around me and, you know, the circle gets smaller as you get older, I think, you know, and then you get honest with the, the right people and you, you start this self-seeking fact-finding about yourself, which leads us to question five. Roz, how honest are you with yourself and others? Um, I'm definitely getting the most honest I've ever been with myself. Um, how honest am I with others? about myself or about anything just in general just, just in general like everything from that cash register honesty or to like down to i mean obviously you just you just went through a story of tremendous self-honesty you know what yeah. i mean like getting to that place where you're like and that's well what freedom comes from that self-honesty when you get there and you're like oh this is this has been there this whole time yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. It took this time to figure this out. Okay. All right. Okay. Higher power. Thank you. Thank you for the information. Let's keep it pushing. But like, that is, that's amazing. Like, as far as, you know, your experience of honesty, like, you know, it's, yeah, it sounds like you're very much in it. Um, but like, you know, how would you, how would you say some people, it's so funny. They hear that question and they're like, well, from one to 10, 
Or I'm like, I don't know. Like, how honest are you? So like, where, where are you with that? Well, it's, um, there's also the struggle of being like a people pleaser in some, right. some senses of the word. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that I have my moments where I'm like, okay, like for, for example, when it comes to honesty of someone being like, does this outfit look bad on me? Be honest. And it's like, okay, it doesn't look good. Um, but I'd be honest. Should I tell them? Because if I tell them, am I, is it me being a good friend? Because I'm somebody that's like, okay, I just was on camera with a booger in my nose and no one was honest with me. And now I'm mad at all of you and I don't trust any of you. See, Roz, this is why we're going to hang because I lean over and I go, hey, Miha, you got a booger in your nose. I'm that girl. I'm that girl. I will. Strangers on the street, I'll be like, hey, man, hope you're having a nice day. Your fly's down. And then I just keep walking. I don't give a shit. I won't tell anybody. I appreciate that. (laughs) I really appreciate that. A lot of people don't. I've I've learned a lot of people don't. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's also times like going back to the people pleasing thing where it's like, does it benefit anyone if I, if I, uh, if I am honest here and crush somebody's dream, like, why would I do that? You know, like, Mm. I don't know. I've had times where people are like, God, what's an example like with the ghost stuff, they'll say like this ghost thing happened to me. Um, and it's like, or here's a ghost photo. And I look at it and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's dust, but should I ruin this for them? Because they have this amazing belief that what they just experienced is uh, a ghost and they're so proud of it. But I'm like, that looks like a bunch of dust that created an orb and a photo. And it's like, do I take that away from them? Um, So it's like sugar coating. You know, I do a lot of that where I'm like, now a lot, I think some people would say that that could be dust, (laughs) but who am I to say? It could be a ghost. I live in that a lot. I live in a lot of like objective, like let's all take ourselves out of this and let's just, you know, I think a lot of people hate the term devil's advocate, but sometimes I fall into that where I'm like, I just don't want to be like, here's my honest opinion. Everyone needs to hear what I have to say. I have no filter. I say what everyone's too afraid to say. Like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. And people wear the, the brutal honesty badge. Uh, like I'm just honest. I'm just being honest. That's just a scapegoat for being cruel. Like honesty, honesty doesn't have to be brutal. I think as far as honesty goes, like honesty should be kind. Totally. And, and, and then it goes filters through, like, I know Anna likes this one. It's like, does it need to be said? Does it need to be said right now? And does it need to be said by me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have family members where I'm like, I want to read them their rights. I got things that I have been bottling up that I need to say to them, but I'm like, or do I just not say it and realize how happy it'll make my mom to see us coexisting at this family function? I only have to see them once a year. Do I need to blow up? And yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's all the same. It's, it's the pick your battles thing for sure. Yes, There we go. Yeah. And my, as my sponsor says, um, say what you mean, but don't say it mean. Cause I can say it mean like, Ooh, um, yeah. Yeah. And so to like, 
Like I've had a, a couple of instances uh, recently where, gosh, well, you were, there's so many things that you brought up, like the outfit thing. Like um, I, I was sick a few years ago. I had these massive tumors in my body and I didn't know it. I just thought mm. that like, I don't know, you, you you look biologically, you can look in the mirror and you see a better looking version of yourself. But when you're on camera or when you're photographed, you see the most realistic version of yourself. It does not work outside of mirrors, which is strange. It's like a real, real um for me, it's Facetune. And I'm like, why didn't you Facetune me? That's, that's not what I look like. I look blurry on my face. I have no wrinkles. Exactly, exactly. And so it's like, it, it is a it, it's a fascinating thing how like evolutionary psychology works. And I, I did this show, I did this roast show, and I felt like I had lost all this weight. I felt like I was really feeling myself. And I wore these shiny, high-waisted pants, which are not a good look for a woman who's had the body of a Tia since the third grade. And so I've just got these things strapped up all the way, too tight, little crop top on. The pictures came back, and you can actually see the tumors like in my body you can like see how that's how tight these pants were oh, wow. and my friends were like like afterwards I was like I got the pictures back from the show and I and I um I was like hey why didn't any of you mention that I looked horrendous and they were like yeah we weren't sure what to tell you and I'm like come on you gotta let me know when I look like a Sasha's just exploding and then well, okay come to find the... out I was actually really sick <laughs> Here's some drag queen wisdom here. Okay. Did you feel gorgeous? Did you feel you know, good in your skin? I did for like That five is minutes. the most important thing. I mean, I I wear so I mean, I got the name Rose Dressville is because everything I would wear, especially at the beginning, was from thrift stores. It was cheap, Hell yeah. all I could afford. And I just realized the value of it's all about how you wear it and it's about how it makes you feel because the whole thing with drag queens, it's complete delusion. It's like, I am a star. I am the most important person. Everyone needs to pay attention to me. And the trick of being a drag queen is fooling people into, into believing that. And it's not necessary. I don't say that as like, it's not true. They're not actually a star. I'm not saying that, but it's like, why would people pay attention to me when they could be uh, flirting with someone? They could be on their phone. They could be drunk and loud. They could be doing so many things. Yeah. I have to, I have to emanate this feeling of like, I'm comfortable if you roll your eyes at me or you hackle me, or you think that I look stupid. I feel amazing. And that is like my, the thing that gets me through my life is just like, it's all about how I feel. And even like, plastic surgery, like getting a crazy haircut, whatever people want to do. It's like, if that makes you feel amazing, you're only going to radiate positivity That's and attract true. positivity. You know, yeah. like you, it's, I, to me, it's so important to be taking care of yourself on the inside. And sometimes that means the way you're presenting on the outside or whatever. That's what so yeah. much of my transition is. It's like, how do I get to that place of feeling good about my body which I've never felt good about and that being in that place because I know when I'm in drag I feel like a million bucks and then people are like who's that she is really excited even though she's wearing a someone's grandmother's dress from 1987 but she looks like she's loving it right and it's like yeah no one's gonna take tear me down because I know how I feel I know how I look I look great 
Now, when you find you're in that elevated state, is that where either the um, anxiety that fuels either people pleasing or um, or even the need to be like hyper defensive or, or you know, kind of how we talked about like, um, do we really need to pick our battles? Like, do you find that you pick more battles in that like hyper confidence state or is it calmer for you? Oh, it's way more calm for me because I'm just like, I don't know. It's just getting to a place. This is what I've learned from doing drag is like, you start off as a stay at home drag queen. Okay. You work (laughs) real hard at home before you show the world until you get to a place where you're like, okay, I'm ready. I am in the cocoon and I'm ready to fly away out of the nest or whatever. And, and so um, once I, once you get to that place, which I think can be applied to anyone um, of doing the spiritual work, doing whatever it is that makes you feel like a million bucks, um, you have the confidence of being like, no one's going to tear me down. I know what I am. That's like me being called sir all day long. I'm like, I know what I am. Yeah. You know, like you're not going to make me go, wait a minute. Am I a sir? Like, I know what I am. I'm, I am doing the work and I am, uh, I have the confirmation that I, that I am who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I like to call it, uh, just emptying your give a fuck tank. When I can keep my give a fuck tank running on E, I experience less anxiety. But I still experience anxiety from time to time because I'm still an alcoholic and I'm still oh, totally. an egomaniac with an inferiority complex who gets on stage and tells jokes and expects you to listen. You know, I feel, uh, I feel I, like every open mic is just like a thousand dudes being like, care about my dick, care about oh, my yeah. dick. Hey, look, <laughs> well, that's you, the same thing. You with start comedy. where you start. We start where we start. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's one thing I'm grateful for the pandemic. I haven't I haven't done an. Well, that's not true. I did a, a couple digital open mics but i don't i don't i don't miss going to the open mic shits but like before i digress too far like Roz, how do you experience anxiety like especially now in your current state of well, being i have terrible stage fright that's mm. like a big no. thing for me yeah 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 like pretty crippling i've actually been on stages before where my hands are like cramped like mm. in a claw because I'm mm. not breathing properly and I can't <gasps> like undo them because I'm just not thinking about breathing. Um, I Or my face has gotten numb. Um, I've oh my just, gosh, I've, like you're doing a breath work ceremony or something. Have you ever done one of those where you do the like, it's like basically a hyperventilating thing and that's what happens is like your, your, um, your hands will roll up and then you're, you'll experience tingling on your face and they yes. tell you it's totally normal. Yeah, but, but it's really scary when you're like on stage and you're like, whoa. I have things I'm supposed to be doing right now in front of thousands of people. Yeah. It only happens when it's in front of thousands of people. And um, so, yeah, I, I definitely, um, wait, this question was about anxiety, right? Yeah, yeah. How, do you how do you experience it? So you have a physical manifestation wow. sometimes. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's... Um, it, it it's all the I mean it's all like what I was just saying about the the my drag queen mentality, uh, um, and I think it's the same with stand up too, where it's like you're bad for a long time, <laughs> and then you get to a place where you're like I can handle anything. Like that's right. I feel like that's what you want to always get to is right. that place of like I can. No one is going to tell me that I'm mm-hmm. not funny. 
um, even though we're all insecure. It's like just being able to stand there because obviously with stand up, it's like you don't want the the audience to be like, oh God, this person's really uncomfortable. Like you have right. to get to that confident place right. um, for people to listen to you. And so it is so much talking to myself of being like, girl, you have done this so much. Like you have, right. you don't have to like, you know, I, I definitely live in a state of like, I have to prove myself. And, and I do find that to be healthy um, because I feel like if I lost that, I would really not give a shit and then it wouldn't be fun. Um, <laughs> well, but, you can retool it. Like my therapist has challenged me to make it instead of trying to prove myself to anyone else that the competition is between me and me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so I, I do have that with myself too. Yeah. Where I'll, I'll, before I perform or, or even go on a date or just like anything, I get really nervous. It's anxiety. Mm -hmm. I, what's going to happen. And you know, it's so funny in the past few weeks, I've had auditions, I've done shows and I have again with like religion and higher power and stuff. I don't really care about I'm whatever about the words, God, prayer. It, to me, it means, you know, it, I think mm -hmm. it means a lot of things to different people. To me, it's not like a Christian thing, but yeah. I kind of pray that something will happen that will keep me on my toes, which is Ooh. the opposite of what I used to want. Now this new Roz is like, I hope that something happens where I get to react in the moment and show my authentic self and how it show that work that I have done for years that has gotten me to this confidence level of being like, I can handle anything. Now, sure, careful what you wish for, because sometimes <laughs> things will get thrown at you. You're like, okay, I've never dealt with that. And I don't know how to deal with that. But I, I like to be kept on my toes now. And I, and I think it's a response to telling anxiety, you're not, you're no good here. Russ. Even though you're really, really taking over right now. Get out of here. Yeah. I'm Get out of here. I want to like face you head on. I'm so inspired by you right now. You are in the state that I was when I started doing stand-up. I recognize that life is a free fall. There's nothing I can do about it. So might as well have fun doing it. Just that like, let's be, let's see where this goes. I love where you're at right now. How yeah, exciting. I've, I haven't been there in a long time. And I, I've been there too at times in my life. And yeah. um, it's, and I think maybe I've been working toward getting back to that, yes. that excitement. I mean, I'm so jaded. Oh my God. Like there's just so many things that I'm like, that's, I don't care. Like, that's wonderful that this gigantic celebrity I just got to hang out with, like whatever. I'm just like, it's not that big. Of, and, but now I'm like, think, you know what it is? It's think about 10 year old draws. I, I think about 10 year old draws constantly. And like, this is cool. And this is where I want to be. And especially after a year of not being able to be anywhere where like throughout the pandemic, I'm like, I would pay to do the shittiest show possible right now, just so I could do something. And so I'm just like <laughs> living in this new world. Like this is great. Like yeah. this. And I want, I'm praying that it stays this way for me because <laughs> yeah. I know how the world works and I know how my mind works. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm living in it. I'm embracing it. And I hope that it stays. 
Well, and you had mentioned a character defect there, uh, which leads us into our next question. When you said jaded, how you can get so jaded, like what character defects are you working on right now? Like it's one thing that you're like, come on, higher power, remove this. Even though you're in a bliss, like exploration state, like, is there anything you're still like, all right, we, we don't need this one anymore? Well, I struggle with selfishness and because it's one of those things that is such a benefit and you know such a blessing and such a curse it's yeah it's so important like I'm in a time right now where I'm like I am transitioning in a lot of ways right and n- not just gender like I am I, and I have to focus on myself I have to put myself first check in with myself do what is best for me but at the same time I have really struggled with like being in relationships and not caring about like now I want to watch this movie I don't care that you don't want to watch it we're watching it because I want to watch it like I get very selfish in that way as Mm -hmm. well and so I think that that's probably one of my biggest character defects because I have a hard time uh differentiating like it's like I love to be the person that's like I am the boss and no one tells me, no man's going to tell me what I need to do with my <laughs> life. But then like when you're in a relationship, you kind of can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of have to um, you learn how to compromise. And so it's hard to turn that on and off. Yeah, it's what's uh, good for the team. I like to, I, I honestly, maybe that's just me, uh, you know, over, over, over simplifying it and making it so stupid but like i just you know in my relationship i'm like you know i i like what's good for the team you yeah. know yeah like i sometimes go take work that maybe you know isn't the best but like i know it's good for the team because uh, you know money wise and taking care of things or cleaning around the house is just good for the team so when i stop thinking about it as i'm doing this just for dave when i start thinking of it as like i'm doing it for the team and it's not just what my you know um, significant other, but it's like the team of life. Like, what's good for the team of people? Like, how can I be of maximum service to the people team? You know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, since we're being open and honest and vulnerable here, I actually um, am dealing with a, the probably the worst heartbreak I've ever dealt with. Mm. I had a relationship that ended, uh, I guess, now like three months ago, mm. and especially like the first month I was like, thank God I can just focus on myself. (laughs) That feeling though. I know that feeling that just Uh like, Oh, thank the Lord. Like I remember, I remember going through a breakup and then walking in and looking at my roommate about a month after the breakup and saying, I'm so glad that I am single because I don't have the emotional space to do the work I'm doing right now with another person in my life. But then the withdrawal set in. Yes. Yes. Then the withdrawal set in. Because I, I fell so deeply depressed this pandemic, which I didn't realize because I was happy and I was like, mm-hmm. make the most of it. And uh, I gained 30 pounds because I was abusing food, which has always been a problem for me. And um, in hindsight, I'm like, wow, I was so depressed. And because of my depression, I was a terrible partner. And um and that's ultimately why I lost my relationship in, mm. in many ways. And um, so I've spent the past three months like working hard on myself and putting myself first, being very selfish. 
uh, in a what I believe to be a positive way. And um, and so that's been really tough for me because I'm like, okay, now I'm a fully, I'm ready to be a great partner. And um, the it's too too little too late. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say too little. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I mean, any experience of heartbreak. Yeah. And you got to understand from a, a, a physical, like chemical level, like there's been studies done that your brain lights up in the same parts when you're withdrawing from love as if you were withdrawing from cocaine, you know? Yeah. So like at, at that level too, you know, I have to forgive myself for some of the feelings that my body is just feeling because that's just what the body does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? And it's also grieving the idea of what the relationship was and who we were in it. Yes. It sounds like that's what you went through. It's like the reality of it. And now you're grieving what you believed was the relationship and seeing yourself in an honest light, which is, it's incredible. And it's in no, I always say breakups, there's no, it's all, it's the good is in the effort, whether it is a staying together whether it is a breaking up, the good is in the effort. You know, we could all just crawl into our rooms, wrap around our laptops and never go outside again. Just get a good vibrator and live our lives, you know. <laughs> but like we we the effort of human connection is always worthwhile, regardless of the outcome. But you know, it's really that... tough when that depression. I mean, I had that sneaky depression mm. where I was like, I and so much of what it was was also this realization of not only my femininity but this need to have human connection uh with my performing and stuff and realizing it's not just something i do for fun it is something i do to survive and to for my mental sanity right. and my spiritual sanity and with you know after a few you know first month it's like oh god i've been praying for a break from all this stuff this is wonderful but then you get to like the 10th month of not doing that thing that fuels your soul. And it's like, maybe I'm really depressed. Maybe I shouldn't be eating this many vegan chicken nuggets. Like this is probably- They are very good though. They make them good now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the vegan chicken nuggets are pretty tight if you got the right dip in sauce. <laughs> Sweet baby Ray's. But I- um, yeah, I mean, I just, I turned to food in such a way that was not, I mean, it's what I guess people would say alcoholically or whatever. Yeah. Like it was like comfort. I was just doing too much. This year I was doing too much of like, I deserve this. You, it's, this is tough. You, you can have, you know, I think there's a healthy balance of that, that right. I, that is easy as an addict to fall into yeah. where you're, cause I don't do moderation. Right. I just, I can't do moderation. And so I, oh, it's like the infographics say you deserve whatever because it's a tough year. But it's like, unless you're a, an insane addict like myself, like you don't deserve all the food. You deserve like to treat yourself. You don't deserve to eat to the point of, oh my God, I hate myself. Why right. did I do that? I mean, and I'm, that just makes everything worse. Yeah, I'm an extremist as well. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I don't just do a little, I do a lot always, but I think, you know, this, this goes into the, the next question. It's like, I have to forgive myself for sometimes being myself, you know, 
Yeah. Like I have to forgive myself for going to the extreme because in some cases, you know, being an extremist for me and I try to find balance in that, but like I can be extremely helpful. I can be extremely hardworking, but when I extremely eat an entire pack of spaghettis, that's not good. Spaghettis. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, what's the, I mean, is it, I know there's no plural of spaghetti, but it's a I spaghettis. Like I love it. Yeah. I did, at least I didn't call it paschettis. Okay. Oh, yeah. Paschetti. Yeah. But this is it. Could this you imagine if he, if he earnestly just was like, if I ate a whole pack of paschettis, it would not be good. <laughs> like if he just <gasps> threw that in there. <laughs> yeah. That is Dave for your gruff exterior. A, chi- a child's pronunciation of a word is just, just it is hair in your mouth. That is what that is. Just like ah, oh, no. Just like when you tell me you love me, it's hair in my mouth. So now I know how. Yeah. Now I know how to get back at you. But but before we but I go get what off you're the saying. fucking yes. rails. Yes. But Ross, like how how do you experience forgiveness? Whether it's forgiveness of yourself or forgiveness of those around you, like you said. Like I mean, I, I can never fathom what it would be like to be called sir all day when that's not how I identify. Like how do you experience forgiveness in your life today? Yeah, I mean, so much of it is going on that journey and being confident in who you are um and at least trying to get to that place um which is a struggle I don't want to sit here and act like oh it's great it's been so easy it's like no it's it's doing a lot of things putting myself first at times when needed and being in developing my relationship with myself which will always change um and grow um so that gives me that uh that armor i guess mm-hmm. of being able to to deal with other people i've also been telling myself as i've been going back into this new world and doing uh and working i keep i i just it's the most simple mantra or whatever that i keep saying to myself which is nothing negative matters and of course i don't mean that in terms of like world issues but I'm uh, talking about the fact that parking sucks here in LA, that I do my job and there's people around me that aren't doing their job, which makes everything harder for me. Uh, oh, like I'm, it's so hot in here. This dressing room doesn't have AC and now I'm sweating off the makeup. I just put like all this stuff. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's just like, just don't let it get to you. And it's not numbing and it's not, it's like acknowledge it mm-hmm. and then just, realize that yeah it's mindfulness um but the forgiving the forgiving i'm a very forgiving person and that is a gift of sobriety Mm. uh that (laughs) (laughs) that tone uh but it really is and you know i don't we don't need to get into it too much but i've just noticed a lot of our society loving this idea of like uh let's not let people grow let's tear them down they made a mistake and it's like i you know someone made a mistake now they're a bad person um and i'm not saying all things there's definitely people that are you know that need to be canceled or whatever but there are you know as addicts we know uh, redemption and growing. And so if someone says something shitty to me, I can forgive them. I don't, I don't like to live in this, like, 
oh, I'll forgive, but I won't forget. Like, yeah. no, we can all grow. I mean, the, there's things I used to do in my drinking that I couldn't, I don't do that anymore. And there's things that I do in my sobriety that I don't do anymore. We change, we grow, we learn. Um, so I'm willing to forgive people, even though it is very hard to forgive some people. Yeah. Um, but I just choose to live in this light of just, you know, uh, may, just trying to be optimistic um, and not letting people's shittiness um, affect me and doing keeping my side of the road clean or whatever, um, doing my part to forgive, to accept. Um, and yeah, I have to do it to myself as well. I think that, you know, I love that. And I, I think that two things can be true in, in a sense of forgiveness. Like for me, forgiveness is, is accepting who I was in that Oh, wait, moment. you just froze for a second. Oh, dear. Oh, okay. you're back. Okay. Um, yeah, forgiveness for me is accepting who I was in that moment and the situation and who that person was in that moment as well. And uh, because forgiving myself even in my, in my warped attic little brain over stuff that like, I was just a kid. I believed I should have been able to protect myself or I believed I should have been able to, to affect a different change. And, um, the, when it comes to, I, I had a, a friend of mine, uh, who's, who's new in the program. And my goal is to approach my career with the level of spirituality and integrity that, um, that the program has made me accustomed and um it's i i believe it can happen i believe it can happen and we were talking about somebody uh working with somebody that we'd both worked in, with in the past who had some pretty troubling things come up about them and my response to that was my i would like for our imperfect heroes to be able to make amends and i would like for you know, whether that's make it, you know, hey, I did a bad thing. Um, I understand I affected people in this way with this bad thing. How can I make it right? And to have them follow through. Because we know that that's the path of redemption. Like, we know that that's true. And I think that that can happen. And yeah, the part of that that I think where people outside of our world gets tripped up is that we're trained immediately that when we make those amends that we don't if the person looks at us and says fuck you kick rocks then we go kick rocks we're like okay but you know i did the amends for me not for the outcome of acceptance the outcome of work the outcome of my legend being maintained but because it's the right thing to do and i want to i want to go to bed at night and not and not have all this screaming in my brain Mm -hmm. And I don't want to use, you know, so um, I would hope that there's some way to spread that road to acceptance, because I do believe people can change. You know, I have friends in the program. I love it when like an old cholo or some old like prison white supremacist with scary tattoos points at this guy in my home group, Larry, who's like this 80 year old ex-theater actor, fabulous queer man, and says, I never thought I would have friends like Larry. 
You know, I never mm. thought I would have friends. I never thought I'd have black friends and Asian friends and, you know, and, and Latino friends and, you know, and be friends with women and not expect them to be objects that provide for me. And, you know, when I see people, I, because I've seen it work. I know it can happen. And so, yeah, I hope that like society evolves a little bit and, um, and gets to that place where they're like, yeah, a person can do a bad thing, not can do a bad thing or should do a bad thing. But when a person does a bad thing, when they're imperfect and make mistakes, you know, provided they don't have some sort of like fucking Ted Bundy pathology, you know, that there is a way for them to make uh, make amends and move forward. That's my tirade about that. That went on for a long time, Roz. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I think about this constantly, really. Yeah. I, I mean, because I'm surrounded by it. And I have close friends that are like, uh, you know, fuck that person or whatever. And it's like, I get it, you know? Like, I I do understand it because... I wouldn't know these lessons if it wasn't for my own recovery. And a lot of people aren't, don't have to <laughs> recover from stuff. They don't have to do yeah. this work on themselves. Right. And, um, and it's unfortunate that uh, at least that message can't get across to, to people that, that uh, like to just, uh, I don't know. Well, I Scream. think no one knows how to make amends really. <laughs> I mean, Everybody knows how to say sorry, but no one really, like, we're not taught how to make amends. Or even how to accept it. Yeah, Yeah. yes, living amends. Living it and, um, you know, doing the work. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I am also like a big action speak louder than words person, which is why it's funny to talk about this. Because I literally everything that we're talking about today, I like never talk about. I'm always just like, I'll... I'll just, you know, I, I don't need to tell you um, why I'm not going to deal with your shittiness. Like if someone, you know, I, I don't need to say it's because I've been working on myself and uh, I'm, you're not going to hurt my feelings because of this, that, and the other, like, I don't need to do that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but so I'm doing that today, being open and honest about this stuff. And um I don't know. I love it. It feels it feels interesting. I feel like I'm I'm sharing secrets. Well, I mean, let's keep going with that. What's a surprising <laughs> um, what's a surprising amends that you've either given or received? Um probably God, let's think here. Well, I that's mean, that's that's what we try to we try to get in on those because it's like people listening might not be in recovery and might not know how to make amends. So when they have yeah. different voices giving examples, and they don't have to be extreme, you know. Like I made an amends to my roommate because I used to steal his socks and change when I first got sober. <laughs> socks and change. Yeah, I would steal clean socks from him and change from his change cup to buy alcohol, and I had to go to this grown-ass man with a pack of clean socks and a couple twenties and, and I was like hey I owe you an amends for stealing your socks and change can you please accept these socks and these couple twenties that's really so, funny Dave it never it doesn't have to be as extreme but I tell you what that was the most awkward shit that I, one of the most awkward things I've ever had to do in my fucking life oh yeah well I because of my anxiety I have so many moments where I get frustrated and I 
don't let it last for typically for more than like a minute. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it's like, so I might be snappy for a minute and I then have to go, Hey, I'm so sorry about the way I was a minute ago. I do, I do that a lot, but that is, I guess in some ways making amends to myself as much as I am to that person, because I'm like, you shouldn't have done that. You're sorry that you did that to accept that you did that. Yeah. Move forward. Don't do it again. Um, I, I don't think that I'm like a mean, mean person, but sometimes I'll be like, oh, God, ah! and I'll, I'll yell at people uh, for like a second. Um, but I always, I mean, because of sobriety, I'm I'm pretty good at being like, I'm sorry I did that because I, I selfishly, I know I won't be able to sleep at night if I don't mm-hmm. at least say I'm sorry um, and truly mean it and, and show that I am sorry and not do it again. Um, but these aren't specific examples, I guess. I think that I've had to do a lot of um, amends to myself for the way that I've treated myself. And especially as you get older and mm-hmm. you're like, not that I'm old, but I'm like, yeah. no, we're both 20. We're both 19, we're both 20. 20. Right? Yeah. But I'm just Very like, wise when I, God, I shouldn't have been smoking for 10 years or whatever. Like, and mm-hmm. but then I go, you know what you were, that's what you did. Or, you know, even, even on a bigger level, it's like, there's, there's things in my life where I'm like, God, I wish I didn't act like I was a straight man for that many years, but it was like survival. Like mm-hmm. it was, you know, I have to forgive myself. I have to forgive myself for those times when I was an actual dick to people mm-hmm. because I was, I hated myself. And that caused me to be, to, to emanate that darkness. And I have to be able to forgive myself for doing that and move forward and not live in that and show the world that that's not who I am. Yeah. I've had, um, over the last few years, I've been confronted with, and, and it's usually, it's because of people in comedy in a loving and supportive way, maybe not in an attacking way, or maybe even a blunt way, but um, been, I've had to confront my own internalized misogyny and like yeah. how, how that has protected me. Um, it protected me through all of my defects at some point protect me. You know, there's a reason why I do them. I get something out of it, whether it is pleasure or protection or whatever. And it's usually protection because so many of my defects are centered around fear. And so those, you know, forgiving myself for the like, you know what, that's how I perceived the world and that's how I treated other women and that's how I treated men, you know, and that's, that's how I was when with the tools that I had at the time. And now I have better tools. And now I have a better understanding and I have more acceptance of myself and others. And so I can let that go, you know, and I can, yeah, I can live that amends. You know, I can just live the amends of like, rather than being adversarial with other women, you know, or being tearing down men who were in touch with their feminine side to be like, yo, like we're all just different people. So that is, that is an interesting thing when we like look at the past because 
so much of that is like, that's what our heroes would say, mm -hmm. or like, that's what people that we looked up to at the time were doing. It's like, it's like when you look back at yourself in high school and cringe and it's like, oh. well, that's just how we like, that's what we yeah. would say. That's what we would wear. That's like yeah. what we saw. That's all we knew at that time or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think that culture has really shifted in this amazing way these past mm -hmm. few years where we've opened up these conversations of like, you know, just any, any of the stuff, misogyny, the patriarchy, whatever. Um, and we're like, yeah, it was shitty, but that's sort of, that's what we were taught <laughs> and we have to forgive ourselves and we have to not relive that. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it's a daily practice mm -hmm. and, um, that leads us into our 10th question. What is your daily practice, Roz? Like, what is the, what is the, your routine for daily peace and serenity? Well, okay. My biggest thing for my sobriety has always been, um, making myself proud of myself. Yeah. which pride month hey um, pride month <laughs> pride month all year long um i it's really important to me to go to bed be not being like caught up in some shit i did How, what can i do to make myself feel proud of the day and it's harder some days than others um sometimes it's little things whatever mm -hmm. but I, um, I, you know, I spent, a, I honestly, I spent the past year not being proud of myself really, mm -hmm. which, which I think majorly contributed to my depression. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, right now my practice is waking up at a decent hour. I take my dog outside. I get some sunlight. We go a little, we walk a little bit more than we need to. Aww. Um, I do, I've been doing morning pages these past three months, which, Oh my God, why did I not always do it? For me, it is so good. And this, I, it's truly one of the keys to being in this great place that I'm at right now, even though I'm dealing with a heartbreak. Uh, these past three months, I've just been doing them every morning and getting the junk out of my head, mm -hmm. kind of giving myself pep talks as I do it. And, um, and the food has been so important to me uh, as well. Um, I've just been, I've, I keep joking that I eat like, um, a Hollywood sociopath is with, uh, with socializing where I'm like, if you're not going to do anything for me or my future, I'm, I don't want anything to do with you. That's how I talk to food right now. Sorry, talkies. You ain't doing shit for me in my future. I got to so get over here. Your to body the is the club and you're not letting them in. Pretty much. I have been talking to food like that. I'm like, what? Dead calories? Bye. That's so pandemic lockup for me. And that I, you're not going to help me out. So you're not in you're, fashion anymore. You're not in fashion. I've been talking to food like that. And it has made me so much happier. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like taking control over this thing that is such a struggle for me. And, um, can I tell you a fun vegan story thing Please. that happened? And it kind of it kind of reminds me of like a lot of the topics we've we've encountered on this podcast so far. Is my um my roommate has this friend that comes over and brings another friend, like a mutual friend of theirs, 
And that person is very, very vegan. She's very, very vegan, and which is great. And we, um, there's a beautiful vegan restaurant near our house. We always get that food from there. And um, I, my, my dad was a butcher. So that gives oh, you wow. kind of an idea of my relationship with food is very much like, like my ability to compartmentalize um, pet from from meal is is really high, and um, I grew up in a ranching community. Like food was just I know how I literally know how the sausage is made. I also know how like <laughs> I also know how all the vegetables are grown. Like I know the whole thing, and we're sitting there, and this um, this lovely human is in our in our living room, and um, I look over at my my roommate's meal. And I see what looks to me like an authentic fish from the ocean shrimp. And I said, is that fake shrimp? And the very vegan one puts her hand in the air and says, actually, that is real food. <laughs> that is not a fake food. That is real food. Okay. It just happens to not be a shrimp that was fished. <laughs> and I was like... Because I, because of the program and the pick my battles and also the assumption that most of the time I'm wrong. And so I'm just like, oh, okay. And I go back to shoveling tofu in my face and she leaves and my roommate is incensed. Like she was like, came up in the house you live, trying to tell you about, trying to correct your vernacular. It was so funny to me. And um, because I'm in the program, um, what the way I handle uh, things like that is a nickname and so that gal is forever known as fake shrimp in this <laughs> we call her fake shrimp it's very funny um and every but like it is real food it's just fake shrimp it's just fake shrimp and that was the funny part is it's like every every vegan i've told that story to or my roommates told that story to has been like this is why people hate us i can't believe she did that <laughs> Oh my god! But she's also not wrong. It is real food. It's just I just don't, you know, in my butcher's daughter brain, I don't know what to call it. You know yeah. what I mean? And I was actually complimenting it. I was like, "Look at you, little shrimp. You look like a shrimp." Like I was very, I was very excited. I was like, "Oh, look at that! Look at that satan and drag." <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh my god! Oh, imitation crustacean. Imitation yes. crustacean. Yes. Come into the I, stage. Sounds like a, yeah, it sounds like a B fifty two song <gasps> my favorite band um, I, rock lobster is one of the only things i will karaoke because it's a uh, big to do me too oh my god that one in love shack mm -hmm. if i can get backup singers yeah, i can yeah, do fred yeah. schneider yeah. For sure. i got to in high school see b52s at the county fair and it was the best i was I, the youngest person there and i was so excited <laughs> i've seen them probably close to 10 times they're my favorite and i believe they're doing a farewell tour in this <gasps> new world um Roz, are we gonna go i will with 1000 percent be there so you should as well oh my god um, they're my favorite and they're so great live anyway anyway um, i had to digress just because i wanted to yes back to you i love i love <laughs> the way thing. that you were talking like I love the way that you're addressing food like it's this thing. You know what I mean? You're addressing food the way as a codependent, I address relationships that don't work for me. Mm. You know, like, like, oh, baby, you know, you bring out the worst in me. So while you are a good person, I bet you're very tasty. You got to go uh -huh. over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, um, I just, I just have to avoid being in that place of why did I do that? Right. I know I shouldn't have done that. Why did I do that? Um, I, 
you know, I'm, I don't want to like perpetuate diet culture or anything like that by saying this, but like I gained a bunch of weight, uh, out of depression and I want this weight gone because it's a reminder of, of this dark time I've spent this past year. And so I am like really taking care of myself and really focused on getting in shape and being my best self right now. And again, this is all stuff that I'm like, lifestyle change, right? Mm -hmm. Not just like a a fad. Um, So I'm trying to carry it in. You guys are catching me at this time of my life, but you know, I don't, I also want it to be clear that I am not completely delusional. And I know that our lives ebb and flow. And this yeah. is where I'm at right now. And bodies change like as, as uh, I learning whether we uh, want to or not. Yeah, I was sharing. Yeah, no, I was sharing last night about uh, there was a, a line in a book study. It was um, the past we can use, uh, we can use nostalgia to terrorize the present. And, um, and I was like, Ooh, and that, what that reminded me of is like when I was 26, I turned around and I saw, I saw my, my butt in the mirror for the first time since I was 19. And I went, Holy shit, what happened to my 19 year old ass? And now I am, uh, you know, I sure, and, um, and what, what was that I, you were breaking up for a second? Yeah, but <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Uh, I am I'm in my late um 29s plus some numbers. And um and when I look at my body now, I have much more acceptance of first off, just that this shit changes over time. It's never gonna look 19 again. And you know what else is not 19 anymore? My complete lack of self-esteem and unmanageability. I've grown mm-hmm. so much now that I can appreciate the body I'm in now. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's really the perspective of it is it's not, you know, it's not this whole thing of like I diet culture, fitness culture, all that stuff. I fell definitely head over heels into that at some point. And what did it get me? It got me a body full of tumors and, um, and an anxiety disorder. And, and, and when I had to actually like eat some food and lay down and take care of myself, I started having panic attacks. It was like, I was running, but what was I running from? Yeah. Well, and going back to what I was saying about like how you feel and and my drag analogy and stuff. I want to also make that clear. This is like where I do all my apologies for. for You're so funny. I love it. You're so funny. Um, Everything you've said is fabulous. But what I mean by that is not, uh, yeah, I want to stress that it's about what makes you feel comfortable with yourself. It doesn't have to be being fit or whatever. It's getting to that place of acceptance and pride and, um, the outside it has it almost has nothing to do with the outside the outside could look what a lot of people would consider to be a mess which is how i present myself a lot of the time is (laughs) is like i wear outrageous clothing and i get dirty looks but i'm just like this is what makes me feel like my Mm -hmm. best self yeah whatever that means for people it doesn't have it's it's not something to be caught up in the outside it's what it's truly just what's on the inside and your relationship to um, how you feel. Well, and I, I honestly would say that that is a through line 
to the way I conceive of what a higher power means in recovery. It's whatever makes me feel good in my chest. That's what it is. Mm. And anything that doesn't make me feel good in my chest is not anything close to what I want a higher power to be. And I've struggled with that over the nine and a half years. But uh, Roz, what would you say your relationship is with your higher power? If you have one, what's it look like? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, With I mean, I have a lot of <laughs> Catholic trauma. <laughs> sure. I grew up super Catholic. Um, and uh, I, I certainly have gotten to this place. And again, this is from talking to people of all different beliefs about ghosts and different things, um, where I'm just I'm very like, whatever works for people, I actually mean that now where I'm like, as long as it doesn't hurt people, do it. Like, yeah. I think it's great. Um, there are people in my life that are um, that parts of religions that think that people like me are wrong and bad and whatever. Um, and that to me kind of goes into the, okay, well, you are harming people by yeah. spewing that out into sure. the world. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's all about getting through this journey and um, hopefully people can find a belief that works for them that doesn't hurt, hurt people. Um, and for me, you know, I, I do again, say God, sometimes I say mother nature, I say, whatever, whatever comes to mind. Mm -hmm. I know what it is. I believe in it. Um, it's larger than me. I pray. You could also say I meditate. I, um, think I, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I do have a relationship with a higher power. Um, I don't know who that is, but I guess I call it God. Um, mm -hmm. It's We just it's don't just... have a, we don't have a better word for like deity, like a familiar word for like, like in Japanese, like Kamisama. Like we don't, we don't have like a good, like, we don't have like a good, like fun word where yeah, we can I just be like, what's God, up, bro? I so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, this, that's just a, a term that I say, because that's what it is for me. Yeah. It's not, you know, I was raised that it's like the old man with a beard that lives in a cloud or whatever. Like, that's not like who that is for me. Um, I don't, I don't think that there is a face on this, this divine uh, being. Um, it's just God. Yeah. And I it's, it's all knowing it's all loving. Um, it, you know, I'm very, everything happens for a reason. I'm mm. very, um, this is all like, I, I believe this is my personal belief. I believe that the world that our lifetimes are, um, like structured improv they're like they're basically a christopher guest movie where it's like we know <laughs> you're gonna get <laughs> you're gonna get from point a to point b but there's gonna be things that happen in that you know you have yeah. your own freedom maybe a little bit to do certain things but i do think that things are meant to happen people are meant to come in your life for a reason it's just a matter of taking the time whenever that is to realize like, uh, like, you know, when I think about relationships, I'm like, I'm so happy that terrible heartbreak I had in my early twenties happened because that taught me about this and that and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And at the time it felt like the world was ending for me, mm -hmm. but it actually was part of the plan. It's like, to me, I think it is a plan 
Um, and it's just going with it and being like, this is how it's supposed to be. And it's really a tough pill to swallow sometimes when you're like, why would God or whoever do this horrible thing? But, and that's really tough. I've had some terrible tragedies in my life and terrible circumstances that I've had to deal with. And um, it's just very difficult, at, but it's, you know, a matter of taking those lessons uh, in hindsight, getting through mm -hmm. it, you know, it, so many moments of hopelessness where I'm like this, you know, I mean, being suicidal is a part of my past and, um, and I'm glad that it, it, I didn't go through with it. You know, I, I, it wasn't meant to happen and I'm happy that I've that I kept going and I've gotten to get to these places that I'm at now. And it's only going to continue to be that way. Yeah. Um, if I just keep going, it's all going to work out. We did it. We did it. We reached the last question. Oh, yay. You've been a delight. And, uh, you know, I think I, I'm not speaking for Anna as well, but it's, it's so important to just hear someone flesh out, the questions of, of, of where they're at. So I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you. You know, for me, it's, um, I know this goes against certain programs, uh, but I'm very like, I want to talk about this stuff. Like I want, when I was struggling, hearing people talk about this stuff was mm -hmm. so important to me. And um, I didn't know how to access that. Uh, so being able to be on a podcast and hearing someone, maybe hopefully somebody relates to something that I've said today. Yeah. Um, and so I, I like to be uh, open and honest about this stuff. So I'm, I'm very grateful you guys gave me this opportunity. Yeah. Well, and that's the last question. And I'll take it away. Yeah. What is one thing you would love to tell someone just like you in the world? Just like right me now. at what yes. point? Of just my... like right now. right now. Like, like what's the one thing you would say to, not to go all like RuPaul's Drag Race, what would you say to Little Ross? Like, uh -huh. but like, what would you say to yourself, right? Like somebody who's listening to this, who is just, you know, getting to understand what that world is. Like, what would you, who's just like you, like, what would you say to them? Hmm. Gosh, I don't know, because I obviously I'm better at talking to like a past version of myself because I've well, then make it a past it. version, make it that person um, that that version of Roz, like right before you came into the rooms and you were like, what is going on? I feel crazy. I mean, it's hard to not have cliches, you know, mm -hmm. it gets better um, is, is a great sentence that is become like a cliche or something yeah. but um it really is true especially in early sobriety it's like it will get better it's just like keeping your eye on the prize taking one day at a time uh keeping your eye on your own paper not being so concerned about oh this person did this and it worked for them like what is it that yeah. works for you never stop evolving keep trying to find those things uh go where the world is taking you where the universe is leading you go with it. Don't make harm to other people. Um, be proud of yourself. Uh, you know, there's a couple of things. I love that. Roz, you're a delight. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so glad we were able to do this. Roz, where can people find you and all the things that you're doing and like book you and, you know, reach out to you? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, uh, my main thing is the podcast, Ghosted by Ross Dresvelez, which hey. comes out every Thursday, everywhere you find podcasts. And um, it's really fun and it's spooky. And I've had wonderful guests. Um, I've had, uh, gosh, like tons of celebrities. And like, I have a lot of those people from like paranormal TV shows come on and like answer questions for me about what is this stuff. And a lot of these big questions come up um, that I've been talking about today. Um, So go find that. And I'm on Instagram at Roz Hernandez. And um, that's about it from me. Awesome. Dave, where can people find you on all the wonderful things? You can find me on all the things at Yates Comedy, Y-A-T-E-S Comedy, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We're doing the TikTok. And uh, you can buy hot sauce from me. If you like hot sauce, I make a good one. It's called Ha Ha Hot Sauce. And you can go to HaHaHotSauce.com and I will sell you one. It's really good. It's really as like as a Latina who uh, loves a hot thing. My sister does not love a hot thing. I love a hot thing. Um, oh, it's, I do too. My stomach. It's where my stomach is the most Mexican. It's like that's the the most like brown part of me is uh, how I eat. It's really good hot sauce. It's like it's like what if Tabasco were one hundred and fifty percent better? That's the flavor Ooh, profile. Okay, that sounds good to me. Yeah, it's delicious. You know what I always carry around in my wallet is um, a pack of crushed red peppers because you never know. You and never they know. Fit, you like they, they're about the size of a condom. Uh, the sauces condom. are. So oh, like, it fits. It fits in a wallet. Oh yeah. Pepper flakes. They're like they're, they're about the the square size of a condom. So it's yeah. like they fit in the wallet. Totally. And you don't run the risk of like you know those tapatio packs that come in the chips. Oh it, yeah, if they explode. Yeah. Yeah, um, Ross, you're genius. Or you I should am... just start carrying dime bags full of fucking red pepper. Go, go to the head shop and go get those little plastic sandwich bags that people put their coke in, and just start filling it with red pepper flakes. Well, you'd be surprised. Sometimes you go places, and it's like I'm not gonna eat this with a little spice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Mexican too, and like you gotta. I mean, it has gotten me through. But that being said, carrying a purse, I could maybe put some ha ha hot sauce. Yeah. It fits in purses, everybody. It Anna, fits. where can people find us, you, and the pod? You can find me at Anna V is Fun. That's Anna with two N's on Twitter, Instagram, all the things, TikTok. I'm going to get better at it, I promise. Um, and uh, you can find this podcast at 12Q Pod on all the things Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all the things. We are there. Gmail. Um, we're still collecting questions for our all audience question episode. And um, we're just so excited. So, yeah. And, and we've got a lot of exciting things coming up. So just be patient. I know I've been like, we're going to do a Patreon. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Well, girl, we are we are getting on it. So um, uh, how we end this podcast every time is Roz. If nobody's told you this today, we love you. Love you, Roz. Oh, love you guys. And Dave, if nobody has told you this today, we love you. <laughs> oh, so stop. <laughs> stop. And if you're listening to this and nobody's told you this today, we love you. Bye, guys. Love you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Awesome.
Thank mm-hmm. you.